The poem is short. It goes, In battle and forest at the precipice of the mountains, on the dark great sea, in the midst of javelins and arrows, in sleep and confusion and the depths of shame, the good deeds a man has done before him defend him. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. And today's episode is not an interview style. Actually, what we're going to be doing is a film deep dive, as the title tells you already. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the film Ex Machina. And we say it in the episode, or at least I say it in the episode, this was one of my favorite movies, and I was so uh, enraptured by it that I almost watched it a second time after watching it the first time I was like at the edge of my seat and it just makes it basically makes you ask a lot of questions about consciousness and such that it is um and I'm not gonna really spoil anything here in the intro because I don't want to because as this is a film uh I would recommend everybody go watch the movie first and then listen to it because I think you'll get a lot more value from understanding the plot we try to go into detail talking about it but we also don't really go into too much detail in the scenes. So with that, please go listen or watch the movie. We're listening to a podcast uh, and then go and listen to the episode because it's really awesome. And I just can't get enough of the show or the film. And it totally doing these kind of exercises really helps bring more life to the stories that we're sharing with here. And I really enjoy it. And I hope you guys do too. And the other part is that I hope you guys can actually start interacting with us here and give your thoughts about the film or what we what we say about it or what we may have got wrong or even what we miss because I know there's a part where toward the end we do I do mix up a part with the drawings I for whatever reason had a brain fart and went all the way back to the beginning like one of the first drawings even though it was like the end of the movie so things like that happen (laughs) and um other than that we will be doing more of these so we'll try to do at least one a month of a film deep dive and then we're actually in the works of thinking about doing tv shows as well since you do talk about a lot of different writing and just media genres in itself so for those of you out there if you have any um either suggestions or things that we we may find interesting or whatever please send them our way because these are so much fun and just being able to watch them with a friend and then be able to talk about them in this podcast has been really awesome and super enlightening. So with that, my long rambliness here, um, go head to the show notes too, because I, I created timestamps for every show note so that you guys can go back through and see what we talked about and where. And then, like I say, in the beginning of the episode, this particular movie is very clean in the form of how it lays its own structure out of the plot. There's seven Ava sessions. Oh my God. Enunciation is key people. If you're recording yourself, <laughs> Um, and I, I try to work around that structure as the show notes. So if you look for the Ava sessions, I may or may not bold them. I don't know. I kind of throwing around in my head how I want to delineate it, but I try to put the Ava session number and then the core premise that that session teased out of the movie basically is the way I put it and usually posed as a question. So with that, please enjoy this film deep dive into X Machina. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. This is our third film deep dive. This time we're going to be going around or going deep into amazing key sounds. <laughs> with, Sorry. <laughs> all good. With uh, X Machina. And so, Jordan, if you can give us the writer, director, crew, 
Yeah. Um, and then also the two or three starring actors, if you guys have it off the top of your head. Cool. Yeah, so the director and the writer, same person, is Alex Garland. Um, I should have looked up what else he's done. I'll look that up in a little bit. Yeah, we then, can put that in the show notes and yeah, stuff. Put that back up. Um, the three main actors in the... Well, almost the three only actors in the yeah, movie. Yeah, right. Is um, <laughs> Dom Gleason, mm-hmm. who is the protagonist. That's right? uh, Caleb. Caleb, yes. yes. And then the antagonist, so to speak, would be Oscar Isaac, yep. plays Nathan. And then Ava is played by Alicia Vikander? Vikander? Or Viscander, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. It's close to that. So if sorry I'm, if we're butchering yeah, it. Yeah, apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, Oscar Isaac and Dom Gleason at least. Most of I've you should in, know. Yeah, they've been in a lot of stuff, respectively. Since, since I think, Ex Machina, they've been kind of in a lot of big movies, mm-hmm. most notably Star Wars. Yeah. The most recent... Um, uh, eight and seven and eight episodes, right? Yeah, he was in. Yeah. Uh, we're also joined by Joey Spangler returning for the second time. Hey, everybody, it's an honor to be here. I'm happy <laughs> to. I love the uh, Annihilation Interstellar episode, so it's an honor to be here for some Ex Machina discussion. So, we just finished watching it, and now we're going to go into the actual discussion portion. And I think this movie surprisingly lends itself really well to a discussion format because within the movie itself, it breaks its own. Uh, I guess, plot up into Ava sessions. So we're going to kind of delineate uh, our discussion around those things. So we'll start with the like introductory pre, pre-Ava pre session one, basically. Right. Um, well, before, let's, I want to start before there. Sorry. Um, just kind of give some background and things. Yeah, just, so I like how they establish kind of the plot, like what's going on in the beginning before Ava's even introduced. Um, I was watching this uh, video video blog uh, called Lessons from a Screenplay. I'm sure Joey watches that. Yeah, it's awesome. The dude's <laughs> Those are awesome. Yeah, the dude's a genius. I highly recommend those. The dude knows what he's talking about. He breaks down things super well and like, so it's understandable, not over your head. Um, anyway, he pointed out how they established the, the, the plot of the movie. So it opens up basically as Caleb is kind of working on his job and he wins some contest, whatever it is. And, um, it, it sets it up where it tells you all the information you need to know so all the exposition is there without it without it just being like, hey, let's just tell you what's happening. You know what I mean? Right. So it's very precise. Where you see that he won, people are clapping. Next scene, he's in a helicopter, and he's looking, and like you just see yeah. like these big glaciers or whatever, and it's just like, where does this dude at? You know right. I, mean? like, <laughs> I thought the cool thing about that intro, it just kind of had like that beady, like no sound effects of what was going on. Like it was right. through like a camera, like a webcam on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get this weird, like, like techie vibe for it, but yeah. don't have any clue what's going on, except you kind of see facial expressions and mm-hmm. people excited and happy and like, Oh my God, no way. Kind of thing. But you don't, you just don't have any idea what's going on. Really? Like you're right. just kind of thrown into this event that's supposed to be important mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just taking it for what it is. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> intrigue is there, you know, um, another cool thing that did when they showed him on the computer, I'm pretty sure, that um, had like that weird graphic stuff, like, yeah, like over it was like space. Yeah, yeah, measuring something or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and they call back to that later, so I'll, I'll leave it there because it, it comes up later in the movie, yes. so I won't deep dive into that yet. But one thing that he says in the helicopter he goes, So, where is the, his estate? And then the pilot's like, Oh, we've been over his estate for the past two hours. <laughs> so that just shows you right there, and that one, you know, that two sentence, you know, bit of dialogue how like big and important the guy is right yeah now, in the screenplay or, or much of a recluse he is yeah that's yeah that too which is also important <laughs> um the screenplay version actually 
splits that up and um, explains it a lot. Like they have a whole conversation. Oh really? And, yeah, and Caleb's in the in the helicopter. Like, oh, I want a contest to go blah blah blah. Like, kind of explaining everything. And then you know when they come to their final edit, they cut all that out. And I liked how they did that. Oh, totally. Yeah, that was such a good decision. I feel like if they if they put that in there, it would make kind of what you learn later in the film that much yeah. less impactful. I think taking kind of letting us guess along with Caleb with what's going on and kind of that was such a smart decision. Yeah, definitely made it precise to the point, and it wasn't. Sometimes exposition it gets it gets boring. You know what I mean? When it's just yeah. like, let me just tell you everything that's gonna happen in this movie. It's like, well, <laughs> um, how fun is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, they do a good job at like giving you the dots. And not connecting the dots. Yeah, yeah. But they, they do. They let the story or the the actions of the the characters piece themselves together, so you right. can kind of understand what their personalities are right. or motivations, even not right. even just personality. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else besides getting into it that I is like the I put the same thing what you said about the helicopter, and then just the other other part is that. When you first meet Nathan, he feels very... Well, one, he's direct, but at the mm-hmm. same time, he's offbeat. Like, the way he changes topics and sentences yeah. is, like, super strange. Like, he'll ask him a question that's pointed and directed, mm-hmm. as in to, like, answer a question that he wanted to talk about anyways. Right. He's, like, driving the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah leading the conversation, like, as, as, yeah, that's what I put. I said asking leading questions to continue talking about things on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I noticed about their characters, too, is that they're both socially awkward, but in, like, on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So, like, one dude's just an awkward guy, you know what I mean? Like, you get to, like, he kind of explained his story later in the film, but, like, he was, it seemed like he was alone a lot, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, He's just a loner type? Yeah, like a lonely guy, where... Like, maybe not because of his choice. Like, he wants to be. Yeah. Um, I put Caleb as sheepish. Yeah. That's is, is my descriptor. <laughs> yeah. Where Nathan's socially awkward because of all the things he's doing that he has to be alone. So he yeah. just doesn't know how to deal with people. So it's weird to bring those two dynamics together. Like, see how they interact where yeah. Caleb's kind of like, yeah, that's cool. And Nathan's like forceful, but like, you don't talk like that to people, you know? Yeah. So that was interesting. It's like two ends of the autistic spectrum almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Or just hyper intelligent. So. I'll pause real quick. Alex Garland directed Annihilation. Yes. Okay. That's that's so that's why we we initially did the Annihilation deep dive because we we were like I think we even prefaced it in that one saying that it's the same director writer of okay. Ex Machina of Ex Machina and that's why I was like I gotta watch this movie because right. Ex Machina. So kind of even prefacing even more is when I first watched this movie, I watched it alone and it was already out of theaters. And I finished it and was so, like, wrapped up to, to it, I almost restarted it again <laughs> immediately after watching it. Yeah. That's how good it was the first time I watched yeah. it. It's really funny you say that because I also didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, but I watched it on uh, Amazon Prime on my laptop. And then about a week later, I had some friends over. I'm like, you guys have to watch this movie. <laughs> and then, like, a week after that, I had another friend over. And I think one of them was your... Oh, I knocked something over. Uh, I'm just too into this movie, I guess. Um, and one of them was your brother, and I was like, you have to watch this movie, too. And so it was like three times in the first few weeks after watching. It's like you said, just, you, you like, it's really, you have to go back and rewatch yeah. and see what happens. So kind of putting it all together, like, ah. It just, pull, it just pulls you in so well. Um, so from there, uh, they kind of basically... The, kind of going back to where the leading questions was, he kind of guilts uh, Caleb into signing an NDA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
which I was like, wow, that's weird. Because yeah. like, at first he's like, something's wrong. And he's like, well, actually, you're right. I got to, you know, he pulls out the piece of paper and he's like, this doesn't seem like a standard NDA. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, stops him. He's like, I think I need a lawyer. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, <laughs> immediately doesn't want that to happen. Um, and it basically says like, you know, you're missing out on history. So, yeah. You know, either you can leave us here now. We can spend the next week just getting drunk together. Right. And nothing happens. Right. So basically, and plot like the plot ending <laughs> action within fifteen minutes of the story starting. Right. <laughs> and I like how they throw that in there because it makes sense coming to the end when you. So obviously, there's going to be spoilers. We recommend watching the movie before listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be linked in our episodes so you guys can support our show by buying the, the uh, movie if you haven't watched it already. If not. I'm assuming if you're already watching this, you're probably are listening to this. Yeah. You have already seen the movie and liked the movie enough to dig deeper. Right, so <laughs> please do that. <laughs> so with, with that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's as much as we can get into this without spoiling. Right, yeah. So with that out of the way, later on in the movie when they reveal that um, Caleb was chosen, not like a lucky winner. Mm-hmm. I like how that kind of tied into the beginning when he's like, no, 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 don't get a lawyer. Because it was kind of like, he's like, no, we need you to do it specifically. Because yeah. if that part wasn't there, and then the question for like a viewer would be like, well, why didn't he just get someone else? You know what I mean? Like, okay, whatever. Just get someone who doesn't ask questions. Yeah, who doesn't you know care? I mean? Who just is like, yeah. I'm happy to be here kind of thing. Right. So everything was purposeful. Yeah. So I like how that was thrown in there. Because at the beginning, that's what I initially thought. I was like, well, if the guy's yeah. going to give you a problem, then yeah, just drink and get someone else. Like, what's, right. what, what the matter? You know? So then from there, they outline the whole reason of what this is. Or the, the entire plot of this whole story. So the idea is that this is a Turing test. And so the Turing test was actually developed, and this is a real thing, that's developed by Alexander Turing. And it was basically a test to whether or not a human could be, it's not tricked per se, but have a conversation with the machine and not be able to know whether or not it was actually human or not. Um, so you can actually go find, like, on the internet, like, internet chatbots that you can have conversations with and try to break them. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so you can find very simple versions of these and basically you can ask you questions. So if people don't put the coding in there, it'll just give you a regurgitated answer that has no bearing onto what you told it. Right. Gotcha. So this is like the super high-level version of that, or at least the premise of the movie, is basically you have a completed robot that looks and basically f- could feel like a normal human being right. and basically test whether or not it is truly conscious. Right. And then that's where things get squirrely really fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, throw, they throw like a fake plot at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is, I guess, where, what a twist is called. <laughs> yeah. So then that leads up to Ava session under, number one. So that'll be a way to delineate this for you guys at listening or watching the movie at home and be able to kind of follow along instead of just us jumping around the plot. Right. Um, so from there... The interesting thing is like just the details in the room that are small but noticeable since like mm-hmm. this entire movie in general only takes place in probably what like four different locations within four to five locations within uh, Nathan's home. Yeah, it's almost like a box film. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> almost. And um, the the room where he meets Ava is he's separated physically from her inside like a glass enclosure. Yeah. And he notices there's a crack in the plexiglass wall, first thing. <laughs> and then I think what they did initially with Ava is super interesting because only her hands, face, and feet have skin on them. And then the rest of her body is either machine parts or see-through, so you can see the machine parts underneath. Um, 
which give it a very distinct, like, at least as a viewer, it's like you should know she's a robot, mm-hmm. quite like thing, but her face is so real yeah. that it's like really hard to you psychologically forget. wrap your mind around. Right, you forget. <laughs> yeah. You're watching. I wonder why they made her feet and hands. <laughs> I wonder if there's a <laughs> There's got to be a psychology part of that. Yeah. Is my guess. Yeah. I wonder... I might have to look that up and see if I can sneak it into the show notes if there's a way of figuring out... Yeah, why? If there's, a re- like, a psychological reason for that. Yeah. Because to me, it seems like something with, like, ex- like expression. Yeah. Because, like, like, if they left her face just, like, metallic or something... Yeah, It would definitely. totally ruin the whole thing. Where, yeah. And same thing with, like, hands. Yeah. Feet, I think, is less necessary, but hands, I think would play a, a decent role. Right. Um, I'm just curious. What else did he say? The, she, she acknowledges she was a machine, which was interesting. Um, and then Caleb's actually pretty awkward when he's first there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. He asked her, how did he learn to speak and what her age was? And she just says one, not one year or anything. Mm-hmm. That she just yeah, I was one. trying to figure out the significance of that. It's I, because she has no like concept of like yeah. time or age like yeah. we do. Like us as okay. mortal humans. Like yeah. we the way we our contract construct for understanding how long we've been on this planet is in years. You mm-hmm. know, three hundred and sixty days three hundred and sixty five days around the sun. Yeah. And then we take that as a year yeah and then you know it's just what it, it's just scales of time basically so like for her perspective she, yeah. she doesn't have that so right she's like it doesn't just, mean anything for her right yeah because this one day she was just turned on and mm-hmm. she's now one yeah <laughs> there until she's not you know. yeah <laughs> which um, is interesting yeah and i like how um how she said when he's like how long could you have talked or however he phrased the question and she said since forever it's yeah, like, she just knew yeah, how to talk. Yeah, which is weird. Right, because there's it, no, like, skill acquisition or anything like that or remembering first, you know, baby's yeah. first word. Yeah, like, imagine <laughs> when you're born, you just know everything you know now. Yeah. Like, how weird would that be? Right. So. I d- have no idea how to <laughs> yeah, articulate yeah, that, yeah, right? It's just like, you, I think you wouldn't be, like, an overload, you know what I mean? Yeah, Too much exactly. info at once, you know? Um, and then from there, it transitions. So that one, there's not a whole lot like of subtext or anything like that other than just kind of first appearances of things they Caleb quotes himself saying it feels like through the looking glass and I don't know actually where that quote is from off the top of my head but it's a famous quote I know they use it in Alice in Wonderland <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> yeah, so. I was like, it might be yeah I know that's so, what this one yeah. of them was called but I don't know if it's possible to find the correct attributor because I'm this has probably been quoted everywhere <laughs> Uh, we'll try to figure out where that goes. But <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, there's a lot of like like famous quotes they threw in there. Yes. There's a lot. And then so then Nathan <laughs> fills in his own narrative saying Caleb is quotable and misquotes yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is a common trend throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think that's the that part yeah. is the premise of the movie. Or at least one of them. Um, which typically you should you shouldn't have too many like themes or not necessarily yeah. themes, but like points to the movie that can kind of be like, this is what I want this story to tell you. Right. And so ex machina means God from the machine. Oh. So I think that took, so that was said back in like, it's, that's Latin. I Ro- believe. It is, it's new Latin, but it was said in like Greek and Roman film. So the machine was like a crane or something. And yeah. it held it, it held up a sculpture over the stage. That was like one of the gods. 
and like in all of those plays that ended with like the god or whatever coming and resolving whatever the issue was. Whoa. I may be explaining that terribly, but it's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's something along yeah. those lines. Um, so I think they took that in like a modern and literal sense when it's like yeah. you have Nathan who is the god creating a machine. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why they called back to it and made him misquote him where I forgot what the initial quote exactly was. He said something about like, you know, Nathan, he, Caleb quotes him as like, you're playing, you're God or something yeah, like he that. Was, he was, I think, okay, so Nathan was like, this is a history of man or like, like this is the biggest yeah, oh, it's not, yeah, it's not a, man. It's, it's not an achievement of mankind. It's the achie- an achievement of a God. Right. So that's what, like that. yeah, so that's what Caleb says. And Nathan the next day, <laughs> Miss Quos from saying like, yeah, you called me a God. And he's like, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> so um, I think that was kind of <laughs> Again, like, the personality clash right. coming into yeah. <laughs> the fold there. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then was it? He said, he then poses a question because um, Caleb has a, He's looking at it as a very scientific and textbookish way. And so he asked him, like, how do you feel about her? You know, and from there, it's like, you know, the purpose is, is to show she's a machine and believe she has a consciousness. So that's part of the at least narrative driven why she looks the way she does. Because right. they could easily covered up the fact that she's not a robot and you would have been immediately like, yeah, whatever. Right. You know, yeah. or like just sold by it. Yeah. Um, so it's like making playing mind games with the person both as an audience and as a, the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> this whole movie is mind games. Yeah, so many yes. mind games in this movie. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. It's a good um, word for it. <laughs> and then things from there get really spooky-ish. So he wakes, Caleb wakes up in his room at super early in the morning. I think I actually wrote it down for whatever reason. 2.23 a.m. Oh, do they show the time? Yeah, in his bed, I guess. There's like that little alarm clock, uh, I guess. I missed that one. I don't know why I wrote that down specifically. but oh, Maybe it means something. Yeah, like, he turns on the room <laughs> and then uh, on his TV, instead of being standard TV, there's like a spy camera in Ava's room. And he's like watching her and he's like transfixed. And then up, she like touches the wall and all of a sudden a power outage happens. And then there's like that intensity of music that we talked about before yeah. where like this... It uses very little sound effects and mostly ambiance, but then it really uses music and changing volume of music to build the dramatic suspense or like um, caveat points, yeah. I guess, like to be to be able to put an asterisk. So like you pay attention here, you get like yeah. a particular feeling is achieved, right? Which is interesting. Yeah. This the sound is important because I feel like it sets you in the environment that you're supposed to be in. Because how he's so secluded in his own thing, yeah, it's not going to be very much noise out there, right? So, yeah. like, when something major happens and it's just, like, you know, this dramatic music comes in and it's like, oh, this is something, again, like, you need to be paying attention to, you know. Um, okay. So they did that really well. Like and after that. something like that happens, it'll just cut to the outside world. It's just, like, beautiful greenery. Yeah, yeah right. And, so and it's just nature It's a really cool kind of contrast. Yeah, there's not yeah. much fading. And then from there, after the power outage, Caleb kind of wanders out of his room since it was locked. So he's just kind of, like, shaken. And then he wanders into, I don't even know, it's like another guest room or like a party room of some sort. Yeah, Um, with the painting. Yeah, with the Jackson Pauling painting. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to remember who the artist was, and then they said it later on. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, they did. Yeah. painting sold. So when it, I think it was 2000, early 2000s, that painting sold. That specific one? Yeah, and it was the highest selling painting of that time. I'm sure there might have been something that came since then. Yeah. But it sold for like 140 million or something like that. Oh, my. Yeah. So I need yeah. to get on that. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that painting because it becomes part of the thing. 
But Caleb picks up the phone, and Nathan is sitting there in the dark room and basically yells at him. He's like, you can't have, you don't have access to the phone. Yeah. And I was just like, that's really creepy. Yeah, he's just in the dark. <laughs> yeah, just chilling in the dark, half drunk. That's why he kind of yells, and you can tell he's kind of slurring his words and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of an awkward exchange. Right. Because <laughs> he caught him, you know, red-handed. Yeah, kind of caught him. And then he is also like, what are you doing up so late kind of thing? Like, yeah. as if the power outages didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just an awkward scene toward the end there. And he's like, good night. Right. Just weird. Yeah. Just a weird one. <laughs> yeah. That whole... I like their dynamic that they have. Yeah. Because it's like, they're friendly, but there's like... An undertone. It's, yeah, it's always something. like they totally. you can just tell they don't click. You know, it's yeah. like, but they're trying so hard to like <laughs> work it out. Because they're like, we're, not, we're on the edge of something like massive, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, and so many, like, there might be like the two characters in a movie. If one character said something that one of those characters said to the other, they might just like leave or get in a fight, but they just have these conversations. Like, not, not to bring Infinity War into this because <laughs> it was inevitable. Okay, this probably doesn't make any sense, but uh, but Thanos kind of he would just like say things. He would have these conversations. Not comparing Oscar Isaac to Thanos, it's a totally <laughs> totally different thing. But um, just have these like having like they had really just conversations that could have been you know a lot more like um aggressive, but they really weren't in the, at least in the beginning scenes. Kind of just conversations, and they would argue with one another. It's really interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's really passive. Yeah, yeah very passive yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then, so then from there, it goes into, like, quote-unquote, day two, I guess. And then you finally see a second human being, or third. And yeah. that's when the maid walks in his room. What was, what was her Kyoko. name? Kyoko. Kyoko, yeah. I go. don't know how to spell that. No, so okay. I've written it down. <laughs> so I'll try to find out where the right spelling for that is. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, every time I write it down, I'm like, this feels terrible. I'm like, yeah. note to self, remember how to spell yeah. that. <laughs> good thing about Japanese, it's pretty phonetic. Yeah, so, like, so it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, so she just kind of shows up randomly. No, she never says a single word yeah. throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. You figure out more about that later. So that's just caveat on that. And then going into Ava session two, uh, Nathan has to stop Caleb again. And it's like, stop looking at this. So textbook. Yeah. Just, I just want you to go in there and says, how does she feel about you? Which is like leading into question. Right. And so that's where Ava session two picks up. And so she has a drawing for him. And that one is super, like, mathematical, abstract, liney. Yeah. Not really anything. Yeah, the ty- there's a name for that type of art. Yeah. And it's really, really hard and tedious. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Al- the dots. Right? Yeah, the- Alex would probably know more about that than I do, but it's like, I don't even, I would never even attempt to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, that's, that was really cool. Um, and, then, and then she kind of asks him a pointed question, uh, or gets upset at him for basically being one-sided in his conversational just i he asks her questions and she answers there's no back and forth Mm -hmm. and then so she asks him do you want to be my friend right so she sets up it's like she's guilting him yeah you know i mean so it's really playing forward to the rest of it but that question and then being like this is kind of one-sided i'm learning nothing about you yeah it's kind of making him be like oh i need to open up you know what i mean that plays into the rest of it and that whole scene is just so much different once you once that happens once right. you know once you know what actually happens at the end like that whole yeah so caleb kind of goes into his past and so his parents died when he was little in a car crash he was in the car crash but he didn't nothing happened to him 
Um, and then she asks if Nathan is his friend. And then all of a sudden he kind of is stumbling around the question because he knows that Nathan is watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't know how to, you know, answer this because this is, again, the personality thing. The social awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. This is day two. He just met the owner of his, com- of, like, his boss mm-hmm. legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to answer that question. He's like, well, we just kind of met in the... Yeah. Like, so as he stumbles around, all of a sudden power cuts again. And there's some cool things they did that you might not catch up on these, like why these power cuts are happening. So I don't want to spoil it yet since we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but the power cut happens and then Ava all of a sudden changes her tone completely and she gets super conspiratorial. Yep. Um, and she's like, you're wrong about him. He's not your friend. Um, don't trust him. And... Caleb is just like, well, he just blindsided yeah. by that whole <laughs> yeah. exchange. And then all of a sudden power comes back on because there's like an automatic reset, mm-hmm. I believe. I don't remember if they mentioned how long it takes. I'm assuming you could probably actually time it out if we actually went back and watched the scenes. Yeah. Um, but the power comes back on and, and Ava resumes as if nothing ever even occurred. Yeah, her tone's back to normal. Yeah, she's her normal, cheery, kind yeah. of bubbly self. Yeah. And so that was... You know, where things kind of are starting that rising action, I guess, in the the textbook terms of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing. So I look at things from a writer's perspective. So that's why I'm harping on this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I like how Caleb's backstory was laid out the way it was. They did it. So it wasn't like he was just having a normal conversation. Yeah. Or it was like it starts off where he's at a funeral or like there's flashbacks or something where yeah. I mean. All of that can be done well, so not to say that any anything doing like that isn't exciting, but the way that it was like, well, we'll just have him tell you, well, where is that going to come up in a conversation when there's only one other human and, you know, an AI there, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that she was able to flip that conversation and then be like, well, tell me what you want to tell me, and then that opened up to him explain, one, his backstory, and two, why he's awkward the way he is, and that's... Yeah. And, that right there is important because it sets up the rest of the film and it makes sense why he acts the way he acts. Yeah. Because if you take that away, if he was like this super sociable guy and had like a whole <laughs> bunch of friends, the whole story would just fall apart because they'd be like, well, it doesn't make sense. You mm-hmm. know, like where would it, where would his empathy come from? Um, yeah. yeah. That was perfectly said. And like kind of what you're saying about him, how his backstory is told to their conversation. I mean, it just goes with the film's just so concise storytelling. I think, I mean, a flashback, like you said, that that can work. Right. And I think that would have just slowed the movie's momentum down. Because, yeah. like, that goes to the beginning, you know, we jump right into where we're going in the beginning of the movie. There's no, nothing slows the plot down. I think right. it goes along perfectly with that. And then from there, we go back into discussion mode. And this time it's over dinner with Nathan. And you kind of see Nathan's, a different side of Nathan come out on this one. So Kyokyo's back, and she's kind of like the uh, servant maid type. Yeah, like and a she, maid. Yeah, and so she like spills wine at the dinner table, and Nathan basically berates her <laughs> yeah. for nothing. And, and, and then he kind of is like, don't worry, it's fine. She doesn't understand English, so, you know, and she's he's kind of totally just, I don't even know, emotionally unaware, I guess, or zero empathy. Yeah, the awkwardness <laughs> again. Yeah. Keeps playing. And so then um, he asks about the power cut. And yeah. then, again, he awkward. He, like, 
is so awkward about it. He's like, well, I don't know what you mean by the power cut. Yeah. You know, like, it's, you totally, like, if you were an idiot, you could probably see right through it. Mm-hmm. And so Caleb just kind of lies. And then at some point, Nathan says, oh, yeah, he's, she's totally aware of you. All right. Yeah. And I was like, like that's really a weird s- statement like to kind of slight. He just like, yeah. Like that, there's so much undertone in that mm-hmm. statement. Like, <laughs> yeah. you'd have to be stupid to not kind of see what he's hitting at yeah. with that statement. So again, like you're saying, like setting up for future things mm-hmm. with that job. statement. Yeah. All the dialogue is purposeful, and I like. Sorry, I keep doing this. No, you're that. good. Um, so when he initial when he finally gets to asking, so what happened during the the power cut? Or whatever, yeah. I like how before, so you know it's coming. Right, right yeah, you, like, had, you in, had to sense it. <laughs> yeah, there's like this suspense, and you can see Caleb's uh, awkwardness at the table. Um, and Nathan goes and asks him, so, you know, what happened? You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, you, you saw it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, he's trying to avoid the question. <laughs> we know it's happening. You know, Nathan knows it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like this huge thing. All and you would assume that the power, because I think they even showed during the cameras that it fell, like you don't see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you see that, like they see the cameras. Not only wait, actually no, I don't think you see them fall. I think you see them come back online. Yeah, no, yeah, it shows them drop. Oh, it does. And show when them it drop. comes up, it shows them come back. Okay, up. Yeah. so you see both ends of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, um, so you so you do know that the, that the cameras cut out, so you assume that Nathan can't can't yeah. know what's going on for that short amount of time. Right. So when he when he so he asks that, and then he finally asks it, and you can feel like, oh fuck, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he actually asks it, and it's like this huge awkwardness, and Caleb's just like. Mm. Nothing. Yeah, it's know? like whatever. It's yeah. no big deal. She just pretended like nothing happened. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. his mistrust of Nathan is already building right there because he's not just honest with him. Yeah. So that whole part right there just shows us like their initial again. Yeah, <laughs> their initial conflict with each other and it feels like he already didn't trust him but just didn't know why. And now he has a <laughs> now he has someone saying like, Yeah, you're right, don't trust him. You know what yeah. I mean? So now he's like since he's already socially awkward, he's like, oh, dude, leave me alone. You know yeah, what I mean? So right. it's just, it's weird, huh? I'm like, not weird, it's like he's getting it's... on his case, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're so. stuck in the middle of the woods at his house. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? I guess, like, this could have on a, like, this movie could have been, like, done in a completely, like, horror-esque, like, thriller way. Like, mm-hmm. you're trapped in this psychotic madman's, like, yeah. almost like Frankenstein yeah. kind of <laughs> experiment. <laughs> you can actually probably, there's probably a lot of uh I know, I just thought of that parallels. right now. Like, you could probably... Yeah. With things that you see later on, yeah, there probably are some decent parallels to that kind of like Frankenstein comparison. Yeah, um, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I know. I just thought of it right now as we're discussing this. <laughs> um, and then the, so the from there again, it, there's the Ava in her bedroom again on TV, and this time it gets even more spooky that she looks right at the camera, mm-hmm. pulls and, a Jim Halpern. office reference check Uh, no more infinity war or office references for me make sure cut those off you know and i mean that would like when she looks right at the camera like that too you like you just like the intensity is there yeah like like to me when when i saw those ones like it's like you just know that she's looking at caleb yeah to some degree i don't know i don't know how to explain it but like whatever underlying context they're like putting into it it just feels like that's what they're going for all right it's one of those things um, where someone's staring at you if i'm like across the room and you just look like that itch <laughs> yeah. in the back of your head you're like, like looking look, at me right like, i feel someone staring at me right um so from there it doesn't jump right back into ava um session three yet they so he wants nathan wants to show caleb the i guess ava workshop is what i called it i don't mm. he, he didn't really say I yeah. guess you call it the lab. The lab, yeah, something um, like that. And so he basically describes it how he created this AI 
and how he basically so this is this is actually from a like technology slash legal standpoint is kind of funny. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably are all over this. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why I wrote it down. So basically, he said he redirected all cell phone camera and microphone data through his company, which is called Blue Book. So it's ironic; it's called Blue Book. So think of Google, mm-hmm. uh, but fictional Google. <laughs> and uh, so he basically redirected all of its data from all cell phone carriers into the massive network and use that to create some sort of facial expression software algorithm to make Ava as lifelike as possible, hmm. which is interesting. And then he kind of asked, like, how did you figure out how to, like, you know, store all of that data processing power? And he's like, well, wetware. So wetware is technically, I'm not going to call it real, but it's been talked about, theorized. Like theor- theoretical. Yeah, so basically it's, like, somehow creating some sort of, like, biological, like, circuit. Okay. So like using so instead of how we have all of our technology that we're using to like record this is all, you know, just electrical current and can't get wet basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So you use some sort of water type medium or something that is soluble in water that can store massive amount of data or processing power. Um, I can't actually think of any examples off the top of my head, but if I can find real life examples or theoretical models of it, I'll definitely throw it in. Okay. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's like wishful thinking kind of stuff. Like right. this is a, could be a new form. So mm-hmm. it's kind of blending bio, bio, biological stuff with um, our current software capabilities. Right. So like gotcha. I guess if you – I don't know if you've heard of it before. There's like an idea that you could basically take a gene of something or like a um, – yeah, I think it's like a gene and you could basically edit a gene and you could have genes that store – crazy amounts of data on them like a cell or something it's crazy i've never heard yeah it's it's pretty like it gets way out there but i'm sure yeah (laughs) so that was just one of the cool things and like kind of pulling back into the sci-fi realm of this like how does this how could this possibly be achieved but but outside of that they don't really go into any other details of like how this works right functionality wise because i don't think it's not the scope of the story yeah it's not there's a there's a term for it when it's kind of like um, Pulp Fiction had it. it was a briefcase and you never know what's in the briefcase yeah, so. I forget there's a term for it I forget yeah. what it is but um, briefcase. Yeah, it's kind of like and it's different <laughs> but it's kind of like how it works isn't the point you know yeah, what I mean like, exactly we'll throw it out there this is kind of how it works whole bunch of scientific mumbo jumbo now forget about it you yeah. know what I mean we're gonna move along just en- grounded yeah, just enough yeah but don't yeah just, don't harp on that don't, <laughs> don't go into the semantics of the, the reasoning right it's like yeah. just Let's keep it moving. These, these are the kind of things that I look at when I see them is someone who sees this as like a little kid, you know, mm-hmm. say they're like 10, 12, 14 yeah. and they love it. This is the kind of thing that plants the seed that, you know, they go into school and they're like, I want to be able to make a robot like that one day. Yeah. So then they go get into school and all of a sudden they remember that in the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, they never explained it, but I always thought it just captured my imagination in right. the right way for them to be able to answer that question for themselves. Right. That's the way, I, that's the way I see it. That's really cool. You know? Because, yeah. like, if you think about... So, like, I've always said this about, like, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, the idea of a data pad, right? Those clear tablets that just you hold in the yeah. palm of your hands. Oh, so cool. for, for all respects and purposes, we have data pads to now. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, Star Wars came out in the 70s. Right. And so... We didn't have that. And now we have, you know, our cell phones, tablets. Yeah. And all these, like, hand, handheld mobile devices that more or less do those functionalities. Maybe yeah. they're not, you know, like thinned out yeah. like they're you know it's clear holograms yeah. but 
It's close as we're gonna get. Close, close enough now. within reality, <laughs> yeah. right? So it, that that's just a different little yeah. tangent there. But I just wanted to throw yeah. that in there. Can't wait for the lightsaber. Like, right. That's got to be next, right? It's coming. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's debate to. within the the physics departments whether or not it can really? or cannot be done. The fact that people are talking, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, yo, no, this is possible, man. <laughs> you know there, I mean? there, there's debate whether or not it's possible or not. What the Depending hell? on the medium, where it could be like plasma or uh, some sort of light. Yeah. This, we're changing it too <laughs> yeah, hard right now. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that, that's for a different deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get on to Ava session three. And so... So... You can go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, you go ahead. I'll bring it up. So he, she has a different picture that has more detail, kind of not abstract anymore. Isn't it his face? I think that was the one that got ripped up. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Because this is the one she like holds up to the screen right away. Yeah. Or between the glass. And I can't remember what it was specifically. Oh, I think it was a room. No, the room was the one. The room was the first one she showed him. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Because he, cause he was like, he had told her to make something specific. Yeah. So she made the room. And then when she held it up, because did we skip the part where Caleb or um, Nathan? It was the second one. The room was the second one. The room was the second one? The first one was just like a whole bunch of like. The dots, right? Dots, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we got we we fact checking going yeah. in. No, we're good. <laughs> um, okay, so that was the room. But she asked kind of if it was interesting. He says, yeah. And then it kind of asks, he gets the question out of that to his like, wait, so you've only ever been in this room kind of thing? Like, have you ever left? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, I have never left. And so he asks her, well, where'd you go if you could leave? And if you guys want to answer that, because I think that really is kind of another cornerstone of the whole. I actually missed that answer. So she's, I think I was she, she says the busy intersection for that one. Oh, that's when she and says that. And so that will tie in to later on. Yeah. Um. Which I thought was really cool that they were actually able to like keep the threads going mm-hmm. in that to be uh, aware enough of where their story was going. Right. One thing I noticed from in session three, I didn't pick it up before, but I noticed in session three, it looked like he was in the cage. Oh, oh, oh from the way they were filming yeah, it, yeah, and his room. So they showed it, yeah, because they were filming it from Ava's side. Yeah, so I like, never even caught that the until angle, you said it. Oh, the angle cool on the on the right screen where Caleb was sitting was really mm-hmm. small, and then Caleb and then um, Ava on the left screen was huge. Yeah, so like if you break it up into thirds, Ava had like two thirds of the screen. Yeah, because she was she was being filmed as if you looked at her right side. Yeah, and then Caleb was on the right, mm-hmm. but then it was like the angle that they were filming it at was yeah. like. Hers, yeah, like two thirds of yeah. the screen versus one third of Caleb, and then the first and second sessions were both filmed from Caleb's POV, like over his right. shoulder. Right, and that's what I was like. <laughs> I'm not sure if they did it the whole time that way. Or oh, now I want to freeze it. frame and like do like screenshots, yeah. like camera angles, yeah. just dissect this whole thing. Right, but I was like, I was like, that was cool. At least seems like he, and that's gonna that really make sense that they did that. But he was definitely the uh, yeah the rat in the maze, so to speak. And then she says, "I want to show you something," and she leaves. But she first asks him to close his eyes, which was interesting. And then he, she like walks back to her room area, and Caleb, after she's out of eyesight, obviously opens his eyes and is like, "What the hell's happening?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then they show the scene of like her. It's kind of like, for lack of a better phrase, that just comes to my mind right now. It's, it's like Tinkerbell music almost. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a slow like uh, chimey, yeah, like, mm-hmm. xylophone, xylophone. Yeah, yeah. That's a good... yeah. 
And uh, so she puts on a dress and like puts on socks and like this whole like basically normal people thing or normal outfit. But I think they chose this really specifically was they she left like her neck and like part of her the top of her chest mm-hmm. uncovered. So you could still see that she's not really mm-hmm. human. Right. And you see like the back of her neck too. Right. Because like, there's no skin there. But everything else is covered up. So if you weren't really paying attention... She basically, for all intents and purposes, looks human because she has hair on now and the whole thing. So you kind of, like, get this partial transformation of, like, this is what I could really look like. Yeah. Which is, like, spookiness. Yeah, he's, <laughs> taken, he's taken back. Yeah. He, like, looks and he's like, whoa. <laughs> you know what he's I mean? Like, like, yeah, he doesn't even know how to, like, respond. He's like, he's like, do I say, like, he's like, I don't know how to say this yeah. thing without, like, being too forward or yeah. something. He's like, you look good or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he just like, says good. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then she's like, would you like to go on a date? Because they were talked about before. It's like, we can make a date of it. Mm-hmm. Going to the busy intersection in a show. Right. And then she goes, are you attracted to me? Um, and she, she's like, he, he, again, he, yeah, taking it back. <laughs> he's like, what the hell? And she's just like, micro expressions. And he's yeah. like, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's explaining how she goes, oh, like how you look at me. And then he, like, <laughs> so he like looks away and she goes, or don't. And then he's like. <laughs> like looks back at her, I'm like he's just, like you can. She's just reading everything on him. Yeah, and he's like can't get. Well, out I mean of that's it. again. So this kind of feeds back into that like programming stuff, like yeah. being able to understand human expression at a computer level. Mm-hmm. She can like interpret these messages with. It's not logic, so to speak, but basically being able to interpret it and then articulate the you know like timing windows because yeah. she can correlate data basically. Mm-hmm. To be able to kind of say, oh, within this range, that means, you know, certain things could happen kind right. of thing. Whereas, like, human beings, it's just intuitive intuitive feeling. Yeah. You know, like, if someone looks in your eyes long enough or whatever, like, she was like, describing in that scene. Yeah. She's, like, basing human expression and emotion or whatever off, like, almost like a numerical Cataloged experience, system. I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And like, it's within like, a range of time, you know. Yeah. It's like, she puts it into numbers, which makes sense, because she's a robot. You yeah. You know what I mean? And she's an AI um so it's weird so at at least my opinion as i'm watching it i don't really forget that she's a robot because no one does that right you know what i mean like no one's like oh i see little micro expressions i know what you think like you can be intuitive and kind of make a (laughs) guess but like yeah to be spot on for people who are the psychology guaranteed conversations like that happen yeah hint hint nudge nudge you know who you are and even you listen to this but even then you can still be wrong you know what i mean you have your you know he's like oh this typically means this but like right was like i mean there's a good point right there yeah typically means this right Right. there's a qualifier yeah (laughs) she was just like a nail on the head each time so it's kind of like all right so she's a robot but since he likes her and that's already been established he's like since he's awkward as well and is lonely he's like oh and you and the nighttime mean? video spying yep. unintentionally yep. because it's like put there out in front. Yeah. <laughs> so all that stuff playing together, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, she knows I like her and does she like me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the nervous kid and his first girlfriend like, oh type thing. <laughs> like, like blushing. Yeah. Um, so then from there, Caleb is now Caleb's feeling like he's he's being he's like you said, the rat in the maze. Yeah. Um, so he asks Nathan outright. Did you program Ava to like me? Um, and so then this is where the Jackson Pollock painting comes back into play. So he's like, I want to show you something and ask you a question. So basically if, you know, what did he call it? Is like the Pollock painting was it splatter. Action. Or, it's like, 
it's basically the in-between point between premeditation and like it's wait. So yeah, premeditated versus no thought at all. Yeah. So it's, it's somewhere in between. Yeah. So yeah. you aren't consciously aware of what you're doing. You're just letting your hand guide yeah. the stroke. Automatic, automatic art. There you go. Yes. It, yeah. So automatic art. And so he asks Caleb, the question is if Jackson Pollock went the other way and had to pre-plan every single stroke of paint, mm-hmm. would he have ever done anything? And the obvious answer is no, no yeah. he would never have done anything. Right. And so he's like, based, that's what we are trying to do with Ava. Mm-hmm. It's we're trying to get to this point where the interaction is not forced. It's just whatever it organically turns right, into. Right. Whatever happens, but it's not accidental, but it's not. Yeah. You know? So I was like, damn, that's like super deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, I can't remember if there's anything else from there. Uh, let me see. I think that's all I had on that yeah, session that, three that bit. Session three was was mostly about like the, the the attraction between the two building yeah. mm-hmm. more. So session four begins, and so this is where Caleb's starting to open up a lot more about like being less scripted and more just like off the cuff. Yeah. And he talks about is it Marion in the black and white box, or did he call it Gray box. Mary in the black and white box. Okay. Yeah. So it's like this theoretical model of like basically you have like a computer simulation or a robot and her name is Mary and she can't see color or experience color in any way. But you have to like teach um, the computer about colors, right? Yeah. To teach her what color is like. Yeah. Teaching yeah. color basically. Yeah. Which for all of you, as we say that, that make would sense. be like what the hell? Yeah. Like describe <laughs> red without... Saying, saying red, red. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or describe color, right? Because yeah. like you could say like the the wavelength of light or something like that, but then still that still yeah. doesn't help because mm-hmm. you need outside detection models to with more definitions yeah. to yeah. describe right. that this wave specific wavelength equals to this correlation of color, right? Um, yeah, so it's kind of strange, like just kind of tangenting a little bit is you could basically have separate cultures in human society and they could def they can make colors be different things, especially if you're colorblind too, would be a good example where you could say, you know, a color that we could, we intuitively know is like our microphone right here in front of us is blue or like a Navy blue to get even more specific. Someone could get taught at a young age that no, 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 that's red. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, they could grow up assuming that was red until they say it within social context and Mm -hmm. everyone looks at them like they're insane. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, are you, you know, or, or to be even more like maniacal, you could tell someone that the bottom light in a stop sign is actually red Mm. because the street lights are always put in the same order. That'd be messed up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you can say red is green and green is red. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird to think about. Yeah, right. it's, it's something that makes sense when they're putting that perspective, though. Because finally, <laughs> he gets to a point when it's like now Mary gets, um, she gets outside the box and get outside of the box and gets revealed to color. Yeah, and the biggest thing that happened was that she feels what it is to see color. Yeah, is I think how he said it. Yeah, um, and it's it's basically a metaphor for what Ava's whole life has been. Right? Does it? Isn't that when he tells her? Yeah, he's kind like, of. This is what the test is. And, yeah, doing. and then later on, he kind of they have like that vision stuff mm-hmm. where he's like seeing this black and white world outside with Ava, kind of yeah. thing, like her experience of her being out in the world for the first time. Right. Um. What else? 
basically, oh, so from here she has to, to see, you know, how the test, she, he tells her how this test is to see how she would react to knowing that she's in part of an experiment. Right. To see if she gets upset. And then from there, Ava cuts the powers and turns the table on him again. Yeah. And says, oh, I wanted to see how you would react when we're unobserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was a good, that was a good quote. <laughs> and I was like, that. ooh, I'm like throwing magic, like, you know, <laughs> throwing yeah. the fire back at him on that one. Right. Um, and then from there, is go ahead. So is this the this is the test where she where she learns that if it doesn't work, she's going to be shut down. Is that is this, is this this session kind of talking about? Uh, I think that's coming up. Oh no, is that the next? I one? I think that's the next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. So then after this one, he's kind of like Caleb is still questioning whether or not this was all by chance as a, the lottery system as they talked about before. So finally, Nathan says, "Yeah, you're right. You were." You were selected for this, not, yeah. <laughs> not you know, random chance. Because uh, then, at this point, he sees Nathan enter Ava's room as he after the shower, and he, um, kind of a strange scene happens with the uh, the disco dancing with Kyoko. Yeah. Well, hold on before we get to there. Okay. So when when he talks to Nathan, this is when they're like outside by the waterfall, right? Yeah. Pretty sure. Kind of under that like, kind of awning thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Nathan is telling him that they picked him for good reason. He's like, "You are the best programmer we have in the company, right?" So that's another. Yeah, one of those. He's trying to slide him there. You know what I mean? So that that's important <laughs> to know because that he was chosen, but like the information he's willing to let out is like, "Yeah, you were chosen, but it's because you're the best." We'll yeah. leave it there. Um, the Kyoko dancing thing, I was, um, it was super weird, right? It was just kind of like, especially with the music and everything, like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So to, to preface that specific <laughs> scene, so Caleb sees Nathan, um, with, with Ava, right? Yeah. And he's kind of like real close and he rips up, that's when he rips up the picture. Yep. Yep. All right. So Caleb's like, yo, get off my girl. <laughs> like that's like, yeah, how I mean, that's kind of <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's how he reacted when he gets up and he's like, he finds like, Kyoko, and he's like, "Where, where is Nathan? You know what I mean? I'm gonna, no, get off my girl. You know what I mean? It's like, like a high school reaction yeah, of like, like this jealousy yeah. rage thing comes up, and I was like, well, "That's just weird, <laughs> like, dude." <laughs> that manly pride, like I ain't gonna let no one respect disrespect my girl. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so then finally Nathan walks in, and uh, interesting thing, Kyo- Kyoko starts mm. taking off her shirt, and Caleb's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? Like, stop." That's not that's what not, I wanted yeah, about this. Yeah, keep in mind, she can't speak, so he's like, "What are you doing?" Nathan comes in and he's like, oh, I mean, if you want to, I don't remember exactly what it says, but it's something like if you want to dance, she'll dance and like turns a switch and music starts playing. Right. And the room goes red, kind of like when they do a lockdown. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, that is a good. Yeah. I don't know if there's. I don't know if that meant something. I'm sure it did. Nothing's an accident in film. But right. They, the, the way they play out the scenes is, yeah. is very much choreographed. Right. So then they start dancing, and it's, it's like the super choreographed. And like Nathan it's like they're starts, like in sync with yeah. it like immediately. Yeah, so it's really just... And like Caleb's just watching, like, what the hell is going on? And so... <laughs> As if that's not the strangest thing that happened. Right. So I'll wait till we get to that part in the, in the, the breakdown, but that is an important part because it shows Caleb... Maybe he doesn't know quite yet, but it shows him something important that's going on with Nathan that maybe he doesn't put together yet. But I'll come back to that when we get there. Yeah. So, yeah. So we talked about the Ava room part, which was strange because that's like the first time you ever see Nathan interacting directly with Ava. 
like mm-hmm. within, like without having a sep- like a physical separation between any yeah. of them. Yeah. Um. So that happens, and you're kind of like, I don't understand because you don't know, you can't hear what he's saying. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like so, you said the disco apart and the, the awkward sexual undertone yeah. that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before that they did have one thing where. Nathan was boxing outside. There's no sound. And, like, Kyoko hands him the towel after he's boxing. And all of a sudden, they, like, start making out and stuff. Oh, yeah. Which, I was like, what? Like, that was, I think that was, like, the next scene. Because yeah. Caleb's, like, watching Ava. He's, like, taking a shower and shaving and stuff. It's, like, this parallel scene. Yeah. Of, like, yeah, he's watching Ava, and it almost seems like he's doing some weird stuff. Yeah. Like, that's when I, fir- when I first watched the movie and first saw that. That's what I thought. I'm like, is he doing what I think he is? Oh. Like, yeah. You can Creeper. pick up what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, that's really weird. He wasn't, but that's what I, was, yeah. what I thought he was doing. And I was like, because... I think the, he was fantasizing, like, the yeah. like, that, that Mary in the black and white yeah. box. Yeah, scenario. no, he was, because he was like, you can tell, like, his stress. Oh, yeah, like, you can see, like, like, the Adam's apple move, like, yeah. swallowed or something like that. Yeah, so he was having some thoughts. But, um, and that, actually, that part comes up later in the movie that bring up, he asked Nathan about his search history. Yeah, right. At the end. Um, I'll just say it now. So we, yeah, go ahead. I forget. But at the end of the movie, he um, asked Nathan, he's like, oh, have you been looking at my uh, porn search history? Yeah. So that kind of shows that this guy, you know, again, lonely guy. You know what right. I mean? So he's looking at Ava, who he has a crush on, and he's <laughs> having these ideas while they're showing Nathan and Keith. Kyoko. I keep wanting to say Kikyo because it's from Inuyasha. <laughs> and so I keep going to It's say like that. one extra syllable. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not what it is. But, yeah. um, and, you know, that's going on at the yeah. same time. So it's like, strange. Yeah. So it's kind of, then to wrap up this scene with like, so the, the disco dancing part, the fact that like when the music turns on, Kyoko just kind of immediately goes into the choreograph- choreographed dance routine. Mm-hmm. Like you literally just hear, hit the music and bam, like yeah. no thought, hesitation or anything. Just yeah. pre on dance mode, so like you were saying or alluding to is this is kind of hinting at something's not quite right here. Yeah. But like the way that they created this character, which there's not much, <laughs> yeah. um, you just kind of assume that because she doesn't speak English, she has a very limited repertoire of like what she can understand. Right. So maybe she just That's you, what she knows. At least the hand waving part of this, you can yeah. just assume, you know, and we'll 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 pull this full circle yep. in a little bit. Yep. Um, anything to add, Joey, on that stuff? Um, just, I mean, Oscar Isaac, he's got some got some moves. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did think that, too. I was like, that's... Poe Dameron, he can... <laughs> yeah, definitely, kind of what you're saying, it's a scene that you definitely, I mean... It feels something's, out of place. Something's not right here, and I yeah. think it's both the most out-of-place scene, but also it's very... It fits the fits the narrative really well. And that, yeah. like, it, it's, good, it's good that it's out of place. You're yeah, like, right. Like, if you didn't think something was off here, then now you're pretty much certain. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. All right. So the next next session is session five. Mm-hmm. And so we, broadly speaking, this conversation is the questions of consciousness yeah. section. So Ava's starting to get, like, kind of frustrated about, like, you know, what happens if I fail this test? Mm-hmm. You know, does, do I, you know, do I get turned off or... You know, does someone turn you off if you fail yeah, a test? Yeah. And it's like, ooh, this is... So many deep so, questions. Yeah, so <laughs> the way that she forms her her questions to him yeah. are important, right? Because she... Yeah, I, I'm paraphrasing pretty heavily. Yeah, right, but um, it's just kind of playing into how she's working him, how he's the yeah. random is. Um, 
I forget every single question she has, but they start like, I think it's like, what's your favorite color, right? Yeah. And he's like, And she goes, lie. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's basically like, so you can tell that he's lying. Right? Again, back to the computer's right. modeling of question and answer. Right. So <laughs> she, she's getting him to tell the truth, right? So she's like, he says, right, no, it's not. With these like kind of arbitrary questions, they don't matter, right? Yeah. And then she hits him with, what's going to happen to me after they already established that she can tell when he lies? And then he's like, uh, like again, nervous. Oh crap! I don't know. And she's like, "Oh, they're gonna turn me off." Right? He's like, "That's not up to me." Yeah, I think. <laughs> and the the cool thing is, right before she asks him that, she goes, "Are you a good person?" Yes. And he goes, "Uh, yeah, I think so." So she hit him there, and she doesn't say that he lies. Where in her face, it's kind of like you can tell that she's like, "Yeah, are you though?" <laughs> but she doesn't say that, so she lets it be like, "Okay, I, you told the truth." Yeah, what's gonna happen? That's to exactly you? what and I thought. There, right? I was like, "Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like," she said she didn't say anything there on purpose, so you mm-hmm. can kind of believe as an audience that she's like oh you're telling the truth then yeah right. <laughs> that leads to more mind games within his own head mm-hmm. right he's like, oh, yeah I, we'll totally get to yeah, that like i have to be a good person and he's co- he's connecting me being a good person is like helping her escape you know what i mean but yeah. he doesn't have connect all those that yet. yeah um so then he has is there any other more direct stuff i forget the last question she asked she asked him at the end Cause there was like, it was like the hard hitting questions. And at the end it was just like, wasn't it? Do you, do you like me? Or something, something like, like that. that. Oh, it was, no, it was cause the power went out and then she's like, you know what we should do? We should collect like data or like our works of art and stuff like that, that we both have seen. And then we can start discussions around that or something like that. Yeah. I think. Well, no, I know she, no, she, or no, that was later earlier on. I yeah. That she asked him something and it's an open ended question. He doesn't answer it. And it cuts to the next scene. Yeah. He, she, he asked something like, it's like, do you like me or something? Mm-hmm. I, I wish I remembered that. Yeah, I can't remember what what ended that conversation. Yeah. Um, that but then this is when they were outside afterwards. Mm-hmm. When they were discussing, like, Ava and stuff. Because So it cuts to the waterfall area outside the house. And Nathan is like, oh, yeah, I think it's going to be the next one. And so immediately Caleb kind of stiffens. Right. And is like, wait, I thought... This was about proving whether or not she's the last one. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is the completed uh, final model. He's like, obviously, I knew she's not the first because mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Right. And so then Nathan's pretty detached and says, nope, Ava exists on a continuum. The, you know, there was a model before this and there will be a model after this. Right. And it just continues just like me or you. Right. Yeah. And um, he kind of says, what will happen after, you know, she gets basically decommissioned. And so he said, the mind will be downloaded, but the body will survive uh partial uh, partial formatting will occur so Avril won't exist anymore uh at least not in the way you know it at least not in this not in the next version right and so it'll be a whole different person and so immediately there caleb is starting to like you know yeah the feels are coming out all right attachment's already there he's yeah like, no 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 that's not yeah you can't do that he's already he's already formed in his own mind that she is deserving of life right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so he's already convinced. So the test, I feel like before that point, he's already convinced that she is conscious. Yes. Right. Um, so then from there, you see cut to Caleb or Nathan drinking. So I guess we kind of forgot to mention this throughout the whole story is that Nathan is a heavy drinker. Oh, yeah. That's a big part. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the first day they meet, uh, Nathan mentions offhand. He's like, sorry, I thought we could eat some breakfast, but I really can't have hold any food down because I had a crazy party last or. I he was just drunk last night. Yeah, he had a crazy hangover. Yep. And then that's where the awkwardness yeah, builds initially because he says, oh, was there a crazy party? And Nathan looks at him like, what? Yeah. He's like, I live here him. by myself, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> right. like, you went 
two hours and no one's around. Right, <laughs> what yeah. kind of party do you think I'm having? <laughs> so there's that. And then, so he gets Nathan drunk. He passes out. Caleb then becomes super spy and steals his key card yeah. to get into his room. And he starts making some sort of software coding program, which will become clear shortly. Um, and then he's like going around on the computer and finds videos. So this is again, tying in the continuum yeah. aspect of it and finds all these videos of basically every version prior to Ava yeah. and um, how they were less than perfect. Mm-hmm. And some of the psychological damages that occurred yeah. to the other ones. So there was like the pre pre examples you saw where like, it wasn't even parts. It was kind of like standing legs yeah. and stuff like that. And then once he got full bodies working, it was kind of like, trying to escape and trying to escape so vigorously that destroyed their arms. Yeah, that shot where she's banging on the glass, that was like, yeah. that was hard to watch. And then there was, was like, right. Jade, uh. I remember seeing the name Jade and she was the one who would just say, why won't you let me out? Yeah. Why won't you let me out? And he would just ask, she would just repeat that every time. Right. And so, for whatever reason, Caleb kind of is like, what the hell? And, uh, he walks into, uh, Nathan's bedroom and there's like these four like dressers closets and he opens them and Kyoko awkwardly enough is laying on his bed on Nathan's bed naked in that scene which again is out of place (laughs) and so he opens these doors and each one of those previous versions are like mannequins inside of those (laughs) super strange and awkward yeah as like at the state that they were decommissioned basically. So the one that had no arms was still there with no arms um, and stuff like that. And then the Kyoko stands up off the bed and decides to peel her skin off of her like rib cage mm-hmm. and then peel the skin off of underneath her eye yeah. to show the metal frame underneath. Right. So, so robot the whole time. Yeah. So this whole time he was w- interacting with one of these robots Within basically touching distance, and has actually has touched one of them. Yeah. So a lot going on here. This is like the big reveal. Yeah, this is yes. the, the climax big of the entire movie. Go along with the disco. Yeah. So yeah, it starts at the disco, and I thought, not quite sure, but I thought that's where Caleb was like, "Oh, she's a robot." Maybe he didn't really understand at that point, but the fact that she was so like robotic and like dance, you know, music comes on, instantly starts dancing. It's like even if you don't know the language. Who just does it and then like has such a form has no hesitation. Yeah, and then such a formed routine, and I'm like, that's just weird. So that's one thing. So now you finally, you now you know. You know what I mean? No more questions with that. It's like the grand the grand finale there. Right. Like so that's that. The part where you see one of the I think you said Jade was the one, whichever robot it was that was trying to escape. They're showing you kind of the point right there. Like that's like. This is what's happening, but he doesn't realize because he has this whole other idea going around, right? But they're showing like they're showing the point right there. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Another thing I wanted to go to before um, uh, Caleb goes into his you know spy mode. Yeah. Um, Caleb or Nate, sorry, Nathan is drunk. Yeah, he uh, says something he, that yeah, I forget. I have it right here. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna repeat it because yeah. I thought this was really cool. And it was said by uh, Robert Oppenheimer, who made the a bomb. So yeah. the poem is short. It goes in battle and forest at the precipice of the mountains, on the dark great sea, in the midst of javelins and arrows, in sleep and confusion, and the depths of shame. The good deeds a man has done before him defend him. Ooh. So that is why Nathan drinks. Yeah, that is why Nathan drinks because he's having trouble. Because what 
I feel like what he thinks he's doing to all these AIs is like consciously it's like weighing on him. Yeah, even it's like, he's... so he's drinking to get rid of it. So he's saying he repeats that last. Oh good my god! Oh, and so much before. more of that. Yeah, I never him. even caught that part of it because. Because he, he, they said it before that it's like we have become death, mm-hmm. the yeah. destroyer of worlds. Yeah, how does yeah? It's said, it's said by the same guy. Yeah, that's the same quote. It's yeah. part of that same speech, but mm-hmm. that's that's the more quoted section of that yeah. poem. Yeah, which that's the um, oh my god, it's one of the the Hindu deities is where that's yeah. actually quoted. Yeah, from. you got it um, from the Bhagavad. But yeah, Bhagavad Gita. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting because I mean they. I mean, the character of Nathan has so many layers. Like mm-hmm. it's it's you, you. It's easy to write him off as evil. Yeah, and I mean, he obviously has some n- negative qualities, but right. there's also you can. I didn't, I didn't even think about that possibility that yeah. like because I mean, I he obviously was kind of like a this bro character at some points, <laughs> but I didn't even think of that possibility kind of affecting his consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's where really that's, interesting. Yeah, because that was like why I was always saying, and I didn't catch this until we just watched it. I was always right, wondering yeah. like why is it important. That he's an alcoholic outside of the yeah, point. Yeah, and that he was like just totally, and because he, he passes out saying like repeating that last line mm-hmm. like at least three to four times. Yeah, and I remember that I'm like, what is he mumbling? Right. Um, and I mean that kind of lends even more credence to the like Frankenstein esque yep. character exactly. profiling there, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> because you can see the inner turmoil of this like you know because like that's what I was thinking when when you see those videos and like the the craziness of what it is like. To create these things, right? Like, at least if you were, if you were to understand, like, if you created something of consciousness, right? The the idea that if you create something, it doesn't want to be held captive, right? Right, right. <laughs> or be mistreated in any way. Like, it wants to be able to be self actualized, right? Right. Yeah. And so he already proved these things were conscious. That wasn't. I mean, we find out later, but like the fact right. that <laughs> the fact that Caleb didn't even know that uh, Kyoko. Kyoko was a. Robot I mean, that the proves whole the whole thing. So, but yeah, they didn't even have to do the test yeah, if they really wanted to. Right, so that proves Nathan already knew that. Yeah. Because he had her there and Caleb had no idea. Yeah. So it was already... So like, then what's the point of Caleb then being there, right? That makes right. the question. Yeah, and then we find out. <laughs> so, many, so many layers. Ah. So, <laughs> so, so awesome. Se- session six starts. Well, actually, before session six starts, there's one other big, big thing. So after sealing the peeling skin thing, everybody's kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, the, everyone's just in this mode of, like, am I even real now? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Caleb is freaking out, and he's starting to question, is he quote-unquote real? Yeah. Like, like, he's thinking he might even be a, you know, deployed AI, uh, AI yeah. of Nathan's at this point. He yeah. was just plugged into this situation. So he goes into his bedroom, and he's, like, peeling at his, like, eyeballs, trying mm. to do what Kyoko did, yeah. and, like, pulling at his tooth to try and see if he's, yeah. Real and so he go- even goes to the full extent of t- taking of one of his razor blades and cutting down his arm yeah. to see if he bleeds and make sure there's no metal underneath. Yeah. And he kind of has this moment where he like is staring into his bedroom uh bathroom mirror mm-hmm. and has this really sh- crazy look. Yeah, like he's lost it. Like- yeah, in his eyes and he takes blood on his hand and smears it on the window then yeah. punches the mirror yeah like i don't know he i think at this point he's like totally over it and like desensitized from the situation and just totally at his wit's end yeah yeah Um, the music there is awesome too oh it's terrifying yeah it's like (laughs) screeching yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. um you you really feel the tension rising at this point yeah and i think jordan you might have mentioned this earlier the that very it's the beginning and they show that shower he's putting his shirt back on you can kind of see some scars in the back oh yeah from the car accident you might you might think like oh like what if that's yeah. the robot 
skin on him being right. put on a different way. I don't know. Yeah, oh. I didn't even think. I was wondering. I f- I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to bring that up. Mm. I saw the scars, and I never noticed that any other time I watched I, it. I remember watching it before, but now that like, I didn't recognize it this mm. time until you said it right yeah. now. Yeah, but that's definitely from the car crash. I was, yeah, that's good, yeah. and it probably and, means more. Yeah. Means more with that than probably yeah. the. But robot still, thing. I mean, that, that's but, an interesting way of connecting it, mm, regardless. Right. Um, I like that. So from there, we get to session six, and so. Ava's like, oh, I thought I wasn't going to see you again. And he's like, he's not even like conversating at this point. Like he's totally done with the situation. Yeah. He just tells her he's, he's like, like, he's like, I'm waiting. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, what are you waiting for? And it's like, see, so and then all of a sudden he gets like just kind of motions and she cuts the power. Yeah. Immediately. He's like, I have a plan to escape. All I need you to do is, you know, um, like, I think she said this, I just need you to be turn off the power at like 10 this tonight. Yeah. And. You don't even know what what he's planning. It's just do this. Right. You'll be able to get out. Right. Um, and then Nathan is, he's like, I'm going to get him drunk or he's going to get Nathan blind drunk that night. Right. And so take his key card. Or sneak the key card. Basically everything that already happened right. is part of the plan. And you're like, kind of like, what? Like, I was like, this is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so Nathan wakes up and he's like, you know what? I woke up this morning and I think I need to go sober. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, damn, that go- there goes Yeah, no, I'm like, there now. goes the plan. Yeah. And so he kind of begs the question to Caleb saying, is she pretending to be attracted to you by means of escape? And you're like, huh? Oh, yeah. that's a whole other huh? thing. Yeah. Right. So this adds layer three to the whole dynamic right. of what is this test even for? Right. Right, because because you know, step one is she couldn't really like you. Step two, it's just or no. Step one, she's programmed to like you. Step two, she really does like you. Step three, she's manipulating you pretending because she, to like you. To, pretending to like you yeah. to be able to escape this prison right. legitimately. Right. So it's like okay. So basically, if it's option two or three, she's basically conscious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then step three is even more to that, like you know. At that point, that's consciousness. Like super, yeah. like not even super consciousness, but like you know, general intelligence. Because yeah. if you can fake emotions to the degree that someone doesn't know your intent, yeah, to your benefit. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so Nathan's like, you know what? I'm gonna let you off the hook. And so at that point, I wrote on my journal here is I put master manipulator. Yep. Because that's really what he is. Yeah. <laughs> that's really well. Continue. <laughs> um, and so we, I put he almost saw through his pl- Caleb's plan. And so he's like, you know what I did? He's like, these power cuts had me thinking this whole time about what's going on here. And so he realizes, which we actually slipped up, where that Ava was causing the power outages. Yeah. Um, and so he shows how he put a camera in Ava's room without anyone even knowing. He, what do you call it? The the pretty, the pretty assistant trick. Yeah, the with the musician. Or yeah, the like pretty that. musician yeah. assistant trick, yeah. where basically by sleight of hand or misdirection, mm-hmm. he put a battery powered camera in the room so that he could see what was going on, and yeah. so he plays the recording. And Caleb is pretending to be defeated, basically. Right. He's like, you know what? I I had a feeling you were paying attention this whole time in some way, so yeah. I decided to do everything I just said I was going to do. Yeah, last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that moment you're like, oh. I was like, dang. Smart. Yeah. I'm like, he turned the tables. Yeah. Whether or not, like, I don't know, like, um, not 
like, um, but like at that moment, we were just like, it's not, I, whether, I don't know if it was right or wrong, I don't know, but it's nice to see Caleb kind of have a little moment because he's been yeah. just so manipulative this yeah. whole movie. And yeah. it was like, yeah, he finally wins. Finally wins something. <laughs> I don't a know. Small victory. That yeah. might not have ended up being a victory in the long run. No, it was a loss. <laughs> yeah. But so a lot happens here too. So it's like, now yeah. the reveal of the everything that's going on. So the whole test wasn't about consciousness at all. It was to see. I guess it was if to, it was to see if she was conscious enough to try to, and escape, to escape, or find a way to escape. Right. So it had nothing to do with Caleb being like, "Yeah, we need you to see if you can tell if she if you forget that she's a robot." Basically, it's, no, we're trying to see if she's able to get out. You know, that was the whole point. So which points to those other robots before. It's that part showed Caleb what the test was because they were trying to escape. Yeah. So he saw it for himself. So when Nathan was like, no, dude, I'm really on your side, he's not lying. So Nathan's not really the antagonist at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is in a sense. Right. Um, but that's that whole thing going on. And it was like, you know, how they brought up all of all of their, you know, prior backstories just like came to a head there. Oh, yeah. um, okay. How they, they kept saying how, like even Nathan said, he was like, we chose you because of your demographics and like who you were you're a lonely guy you have no family you had a moral background yeah stuff like that yeah (laughs) and that's where caleb was like did you look at my (laughs) porn search to see what kind of create her face to look like something he would be attracted to and nathan's like "Mm, doesn't really say anything but you know yes is the answer yeah and then i mean if you're if you're a ceo of a software company you're gonna put every egg in your basket to make this as make it work you know a pot like a realistic test as possible right right it's a tool for him And that's what he did. So, so a thing, the thing that he keeps saying, though, is that Caleb is actually smart. So they didn't... They but then he undercut him. him at the very end there. He's like, you're not really that smart. Like, Well, he's like, so it's not because I'm a good program. And he's like, well, no. He's like, well, you're okay. And then he goes, actually, pretty good. Right. So he does acknowledge... He acknowledges something, but still, like, underhanded. Because yeah. he's like, well, you're not as smart as me. Right. Is what he's yeah, basically there's, saying. There's an ego thing. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb does it, too. So every time that... Uh, Nathan always repeats, like, oh, there you go, Mr. Good Quote, whatever he calls him. Yeah, Quotable, Mr. Mr. Quotable. Quotable. And then Caleb's like, oh, that was not me. There's someone else. Finally, at a point, Nathan's like, I know who it is, like, Jack, you know what I mean? Yeah, I forgot about that. Dude, you're not smarter than me, you know what I mean? So it's like, again, that conflict (laughs) they have. Um, So it's like all this stuff building together. Played throughout the entire movie. It's yeah. the consistency of character. Yeah, and it's like, so it's like everything they say means something to build up on that. Um, So then, basically, at the point where he says, the you know, I did all this already kind of thing. He's mm-hmm. like, well, what did you do? And he's like, well, I t- triggered it so that on lockout, the, uh, all the door overrides will, instead of locking in, they'll be unlocked. Yeah. And so Ava basically has access to leave her room for the first time ever. Right. And uh, he's like, oh. Yeah. And so at that point, <laughs> Nathan freaks out a little bit mm-hmm. and knocks out Caleb. So he's out of the picture. Yep. Um, and then Ava's already in the hallway. And so, actually, I guess we should back up a little bit. Before this, Kyoko goes into the observation room and meets Ava for the first time. And Ava goes, who are you? Yeah. But they never exchange words. But when Ava comes out in the hallway, they, like, are standing in the hallway together. And they're, like, really close. And mm-hmm. they don't – I don't think they touch, really. Like, she holds her hand, like – yeah. by her elbow or arm for a second but yeah. doesn't touch and it looks like she's whispering something to Kyoko mm-hmm. but there's no like actual dialogue being spoken or at least it's not audible yeah so I thought that stream was strange what what I think that's this is just speculation I was yeah, thinking right. that too yeah, I was like, there, yeah. yeah that was the part I never understood two parts that play into it so one well 
I'm going to fast forward and say what happened so I can explain right. this yeah. part. So basically, I just wanted to clarify that detail right. first because it plays into this yeah. part of the scene. Yeah, I just for me to explain what I, at least I think happens there, I have to I have to say what happens at the yeah, end. Yeah, go ahead. So basically, Nathan finds Ava and Kyoko in the hallway, and he's like, "Hey, get back in your room." And she's like, no. And she starts running towards him, right? Yep. Um, they get in a struggle. Nathan's on top, and he, like, breaks her arm. Uh, breaks her arm off. And he's like, I'm taking him back to the room. So he grabs her by her feet and starts dragging her. And Kyoko comes from behind him and stabs him. <coughs> Ends up killing Nathan, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that happens there. So with that being said, I was wondering, well, why didn't she do that the whole rest of the movie? So right, because she had access to knives the whole time. Yeah, numerous chances. I'm like, so something had to change oh, that's a good for point. her mindset to be like, Oh, he's actually not good. What changed was her meeting Ava. So I think that dialogue they had, like, oh, who are you? I think she manipulated Kyo- Kyoko the yeah. same way that she manipulated uh, Caleb. Caleb. I think it was, like, the same thing. And they just, I mean, for, like, time constraints, I couldn't go into it too much. Yeah, so right. Because it wasn't like, that story. Right. But I think I, that's my only And guess the fact, there. too, like, it could be, it would be, it's an easy, it's an easy leap to take because mm-hmm. of the way that she was treated by Nathan the whole right. movie, right? right. Um, two details I want to mention in this. So when Ava meant break, gets her arm broken, there is no voicing of pain or fa- pain that comes across her face right. in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other part was when, so the, when um, Kyoko stabs Nathan in the back, it's very deliberate in how it happens. Like mm-hmm. you see the blade sliding yeah. through, like it's really kind of weird, ter- like terrifying <laughs> yeah, because so it's, slow. it's like calculated, but not through like, like hate. Yeah. Or like there's no emotion behind it. It's like, this is how it, this needs to happen. Basically. Yeah. Like it's I'm, like, this has to be done kind of thing. And yeah. then because I saw like the no pain thing. And then when Ava takes the knife out and then stabs him again, she actually twists the blade. Oh yeah. When she puts it in. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Even though her face still has no expression on like anger, hate, right. or sadness or whatever. Right. Um so that was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after that point, after she gets stabbed in the back, the Kyoko gets um her jaw broken off and right. she's gone, basically. Mm-hmm. Um so then at this point we enter Asia, a- Ava, not Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue slip for recording for too long. Right. Uh, Ava session seven. And so it's, it starts where basically Caleb is coming back to in Nathan's headquarter room, yeah. master security function. And uh, she asks him, will you stay here? And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say anything. And she takes it as a yes, which I, th- I think it had a double meaning. <laughs> Yeah, I think she was like, "You're gonna stay here," <laughs> but yeah. was like, "I'll be polite about it." <laughs> like, and so you see this strange—not strange scene, but like this complete transformation, basically, of her becoming fully human. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like at the end of it, you're just like, "Whoa." Yeah. And uh, they did this really cool like display. So she's like, basically, opens up all those closets with the old models in there yeah, puts herself together so to speak changes her arm and takes their skin and puts it on her own body and you see at the end when she's the skin is like forming all as one piece for the se- last second you see all the lines at first and mm-hmm. then as the, the camera pans over the lines become seamless yeah as like a transformation like a finishing the I guess metamorphosis I yeah. don't know how to describe it yeah. without being too <laughs> allegorical right <laughs> yeah so that, I thought that was really cool 
Um, but then after that, the she walks out of the room and doesn't even look at Caleb. Doesn't even look. I, look, yeah. I was looking like, does she turn a little? Yeah, I was like, see, <laughs> no. she doesn't look until as the door of the elevator is closing and she looks for a brief second to the left and then that's it. She doesn't even care. Yeah. This is over. She's yeah. over it. She's like, cool, serve my purpose. Peace out. Right. So, yeah. That begs the question, though. Is she conscious, really, at the end? Yeah, I don't know. It's, right. It's just kind of open-ended, right? Because, like, if you are conscious, you have some, like, so this person helped you escape, like, literally did all this for you, and to the point where she's like, I'm just going to It's kind of like full here. Ultron mode at the yeah. end. Like, full evil AI. Not right. evil, I don't know. Not, like, yeah. full evil, but. Self-preservation-ish. Yeah, kind of like the more the typical movie AI kind of thing. Well, right. the, the only other weird thing that I thought about it was why the hell would the helicopter take her away? Yeah, I was thinking that. But I, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe she just manipulated him too. Like maybe she, maybe her purpose is like escape and that's where Nathan messed up. That This is just speculation. I don't know if this is true. But like maybe he messed up in his design and they're so bent on escaping that she was like the perfect manipulator. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh, totally. she manipulated the helicopter dude and be like, right. no, I'm Well, I mean, if she has the entire, for. you know, the entire human population's databanks of yeah. expression and, you know, facial facial expression and emotion. Yeah. She's basically the best psychologist in the whole world. <laughs> the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> Ever killed, existed. Yeah, maybe <laughs> she killed that guy too and knew how to fly a helicopter. Right, you, you don't <laughs> That's know. That's a good idea too. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> and so then the scene ends, or the entire movie ends with her walking on look, probably like a New York City busy street looks mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like what you wanted in the beginning yep <laughs> so that whole thing is like where would you go if you could leave yep. comes full circle yeah and maybe she got a show too hopefully maybe she, yeah, got, maybe. she got to see Wicked or, 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 <laughs> or, or Hamilton maybe know, maybe for you she'd go see Infinity Wars Infinity War <laughs> yeah, hopefully she didn't get spoiled yeah right <laughs> Um, so just a few things for the overarching yeah. movie I wanted to touch on. Number one, I think the main premise has to do, I, I was trying to figure out what I thought the main point was. And I was like, I don't, there's so much going on. Oh, totally. I still haven't like figured it out. I think yeah. it has to do with manipulation because everyone was manipulating everyone. So the three characters all manipulated <laughs> each so other. So much going on with yeah. that. So it, it has to be something with that. At least I would like to think that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. What do you guys think the main point was? Like, the whole overarching, like, this is why this story was written. Like, this is what I want to relate. I, I think it had to do with deception and manipulation. Yeah, because even, um, I mean, w- when you see it, when you look at the movie initially, like, if you didn't if you didn't know anything about the movie, you'd assume, oh, this is going to be a commentary on artificial intelligence, which yeah. it definitely is, but I don't think that's the main yeah. main part of it. I think what you said, I think that definitely is, because, I mean, even, even if um, they, w- they were all humans in this movie, not just yeah. robots, I yeah. think the point, or no robots, I think the point would be just as strong. Like, yeah. I mean, definitely does have to do with artificial intelligence, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that's just why it's so strong, because it focuses on that story element before kind of yeah. the more right. the AI thing we've seen a lot in movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part of it, to me, I guess, mm-hmm. if I had to use, like, a, genreize it or theme it, would be like a psycho, like a psychological thriller mm-hmm. in oh, some yeah, way. Because, like, sure. you know, it's about human interaction at its yeah. core, right? Like, how do people, like you said, like, look at how do people interact with other people and make, like, maybe manipulation is too overt, but basically mm-hmm. just interactions so other people accomplish your goals or goals you want, kind of. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if it's as overt with manipulation, because, like, I, I felt like when I first watched the movie, it was like, that ending of the movie was so betraying. It's just like, the, yeah. Like, you know, like, they pulled at my heartstrings yeah. <laughs> by the end of it. You're yeah. just like, I thought this was going to end 
so differently, yeah. right? But that's part of why it makes it so good because yeah. it doesn't but end. Then, like, like it manipulates you though. Right. right? I mean, it manipulates <laughs> you. Exactly. Crap. Reason it manipulates you is again lessons from the screenplay. The guy. The guy um, brought up the idea that maybe Ava is the protagonist, but the story is told from Caleb's perception for sake of telling a story. Yeah. Because how they relay the information, Ava knows what she's trying to do. From right, the I was going to say, because if you wrote it from Ava's perspective... Yeah, she knows she's be... trying to escape. So that's kind of like, okay, well, that's like the big twist. You know what I mean? Oh so my God. You can tell it from her we perspective. We could retell this whole story from Ava's perspective. Right, you could. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be dope. That'd be really cool, but again, it wouldn't. If the this wow gets factor, enough plays, maybe we'll go and do that. Yeah, the wow factor would be gone, though. You know what I mean? Because you already right, know yeah. she knows from the beginning she's trying to get out. So I mean, you can still make it entertaining, sure. But then from Nathan's perspective, if you try to tell it that way, he knows the exact same thing. So it's kind of like, who do we bring in that doesn't know anything, and we can kind of relay this information, like, oh, here's this. Here's Basically, this. the middleman between the two sides, and that's Caleb. So bridging the gap. Yeah. So I agree with that. That Ava is actually the protagonist, and Caleb <laughs> is the sidekick. Because every movie has a sidekick. Every protagonist has a sidekick. And Caleb doesn't have one. So Ava protagonist, Caleb sidekick, Nathan antagonist. Mm. Yeah. And then Kyoko would be like the hidden connective tissue. Like, yeah, are, you really, like yeah. are you really paying attention enough to see right. where, you know, what's going on here kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like it's, hmm. There's just so many layers. That's why I wanted yeah. to watch the movie so many, yeah, I've watched I, the movie so many times. Yeah, I've watched like, it like five times, and each time I'm like, I don't know what. <laughs> exactly. like, I'm just not sure what it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. You it have just guesses, make you but, ask more questions yeah. about it. You know, I mean, this goes harkens back to our days of having conversations like these at bars mm -hmm. for hours, yeah, and getting nowhere because it just <laughs> endless <talk> forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that about wraps it up. I think so. So, I am so glad you took the session notes like that. I mm -hmm. that was awesome. Oh yeah, I, did, I was like, I watched a little bit of it, and I was like, you know what, this movie's perfect for discussion yeah. format because okay. <laughs> you get basically every, you know, this is a seven act movie more yeah. or less. It is. It, it literally breaks up the acts. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay. Exactly. Act? Acts and days mm -hmm. basically because you have a week of time yeah. that it elapses over. Yep. Um, maybe not in twenty four hour periods, but it's close enough, yeah. and so it really is. It's super encapsulated, and I love this writer director. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's killing You know, it. Annihilation. Yeah, he also, also did good. 28 weeks and 28 days later. Oh, oh yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, those mm -hmm. are awesome. Yeah. So, my guess, or my plan is to kind of do one of these a month, kind of going forward, so we, yeah. we can, like, watch movies and stuff and have more fun discussions yeah. around these things, because yeah. I think this, I think these delineate our standard conversational topics pretty mm -hmm. well, and yeah. kind of pull in a different audience, because I know if you throw it out on your audience with <laughs> ticket stubs, Woo. which, uh, if you want to <laughs> plug it, go ahead and plug it. Hey, everybody. Um, so uh, my good friend Alex and I, um, we have a YouTube channel called Ticket Subs, and um, we do movie reviews and movie discussions, so definitely uh, we have a lot of fun on that channel. So when Eric told me he was doing a movie uh, on his podcast, like it was perfect. Like I, I had, I, I want. I, yeah. It was so cool to see, so definitely uh, definitely check out their episodes of Interstellar and Annihilation, too. They both Jordan yeah, and Eric did I'll those ones. I'll throw those in on, mm -hmm. in the show notes, in the descriptions and stuff. So if people are interested in these things, they can go and watch, mm -hmm. listen to those slash watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ticket Stubs is on YouTube. It's do you have guys the custom URL right? The um, YouTube.com slash Ticket Stubs. Maybe I think so. I know Alex did something with that. Yeah, because if you have a hundred <laughs> subs or something like that, you should be able to get it. Or something like that. But either way, if you Google Sick and Stubs, it exists. In We're the out there. In the interwebs. <laughs> Same thing with the 
Twitter feed, or not Twitter feed, Instagram feed as well, sharing all sorts of cool posters and things like that. Or <laughs> oh, thanks, Aaron. Just the, the hype of how many days left until the next movie you're going to go watch. Oh, yeah, 18 days. Go ahead. Oh, it's 18 days till Captain Marvel, and then right, I think yeah. 67 till Infinity War, <laughs> as of this ask, video, as of recording this. <laughs> yeah. but this is um, as of <laughs> February 17th. Yeah, there you go. Mark it on the calendar. So close. I know. So we're close. All right, everyone. As always, I'm Eric and Jordan. And yeah. I'm Joey. Thank yeah. you for having me. He's yeah. not Eric and Jordan. He's just Eric. I'm Jordan. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just yeah. Just <laughs> I mean, we could all be robots. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you never know. Question our own yeah. humanity now. I'm going to go check when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's, a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening, and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.